Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. My name's Brian. And I'm Paul. And we'll get going in three, two, one. Welcome to Gay Peace Journeys Podcast. This is Brian and Paul, and today we're going to talk about ending the war. This is a subject that's kind of deep and uh, very near to my heart and very personal. So I'm really glad to be telling this story. I feel like I'm getting some things off my chest, to be honest. But Paul, do you want to introduce ending the war? What's that all about? Well, hey guys, uh, this is Paul. And basically what we want to talk about today is Stopping the fighting, giving ourselves a chance to have some peace and finding peace, but it's really difficult to do as long as we're, you know, actively in fisticuffs with everything in our life. And this can come from, you know, tearing ourselves down with the belief that I'm not worthy or I don't, des- or I do, de- I deserve more than this. Like, how dare they do this to me? You know, those, those type of mental attitudes that really don't bring us anywhere. They just kind of keep us in a constant state of fighting. And the, those those type of events that just keep us spinning, right? Yeah, you've heard the saying, you know, I'm my own worst enemy, and that's kind of what this is about. <laughs> Absolutely. So a lot of this is about being our true selves and finding our truth and, you know, accepting ourselves and being non-combative in, in a way that we can just be in flow or in flux with the actual flow of the energy in our world and in our lives itself so that we can, you know, be part of instead of against everything. Uh, Paul says, stop battling your life and start living. I like that a lot. Thanks. But for me, I finally realized that I was fighting an internal war and I was battling homophobia, but had to admit to myself that it was the internal messaging that I learned from society that was rooted so deeply that I just couldn't move past it. It went well into adulthood. I would deny it, but never move past it. I would just avoid it, basically. You know, the Catholic dogma, and Paul, I know you had some of this in, uh, in your church as well, but the Catholic dogma was such a part of my thinking, and all I was doing to coming out to myself was just ignoring the dogma like it doesn't exist but it was still part of me that I I needed to deal with I needed to do the shadow work to actually address those you know issues and beliefs that I learned growing up from just about everyone in my you know world sure so growing up believing that people like me were going to hell is really hardcore for a child and as I got older you know, that thought, again, was deeply internalized, and I, I really had some difficulties moving past it. And then whenever, you know, I would hear conservatives touting that message, it became a trigger for me. It really made me angry, um, and it put me in my depression, you know, and caused a lot of anxiety. It was It was just a constant reminder that would bring bouts of depression and anxiety over and over again in my lifetime. Well, sure. I mean, even when, like, um, we had Matthew Shepard was murdered, and then we had the Catholic priest that was saying, well, you know, there's times when it's justifiable homicide. You know, I mean, that was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can definitely see where those type of, you know, bizarre 
inputs from people could definitely keep that. Yeah, how's a kid's a gay kid supposed to love themselves when they're hearing messages like that? Right, that just turns the battle inside because there's nowhere to vent that, right? And so, even as I got older, the reminders were everywhere, and I, I I could only deny it for so long before it would catch up with me. And for decades, I thought this way, and and, and I just never really dealt with it. I just kept denying it. But I've mentioned before that when I left the church, I felt or somehow had to give up my spirituality as well. And my rebound, my happiness rebound happened really when I started to find my own spirituality again. But this time I was listening to my God-given heart and soul as opposed to the dogma that I was learning in church. Yeah, I think mine was when I just started praying. And you know, and it's like um I didn't really have a target for it. Mm-hmm. I was just putting it out there. Maybe it was to my ancestors or to the universe or and as I continued to make the effort, it grew into something. And, mm-hmm. and that's where you know my spirituality started to come back and, and to re-manifest, and that was beautiful for me. And very similar to praying is meditation, and that's what my route was. It, as I started meditating, those thoughts kept coming up, and I, I realized that I couldn't just keep putting them off. I had to deal with them in order to find peace. And I think that's an incredible tool as far as like stopping the fight right because when we're out of sync with our now with our emotions which meditation to me is the biggest tool to help us get reinstated back into the now then we're we're actually battling stuff that happened yesterday but we're not realizing it we're carrying that into our now Mm -hmm. what happened yesterday in traffic or with the woman at the you know at the post office and we're, we're asserting those energies of that negativity that we felt into our today. And the meditation is a great way to let all that stuff out and mm-hmm. just release it so that we can be present and enjoy every moment that we have that's right here in front of us. And yeah, I think that's, that's what a I great tool. had to learn to do for sure. I, when I was younger, I never even considered that the beliefs that I was taught could be reevaluated and I could free myself from that sadness. The messages I was taught played over and over again in my head, and that's where my shame was coming from, really. Wow. What a, what a gift that is to be able to give yourself, mm-hmm. is, is the ability to reassess things that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those internal forces were just triggering internal thoughts that I needed to change in order to be happy, and literally in order to be healthy. And I think that's the way God intended us, to be happy and healthy. So... You know, I had to do that for myself. You know, family that loves me, they always say, we just want you to be happy. And I tried, but the only way for me to be happy and mentally healthy was to consciously change my beliefs. And I was able to do that once I realized beliefs are thoughts and that, and you know, those thoughts are told to us over and over and over again until we end up believing them ourselves. And these, these were negative thoughts for me personally that were internalized and they played over and over in my mind. Yeah. You know, I I tend to think of beliefs as like a pane of glass and I know this sounds kind of weird, but like, um, for me, what I did was I had to look at it like a belief is something I accepted as a truth. And then I laid it there. And then the next belief that I had, that was my next truth that I accepted, it laid on top of it. And to be able to go back and change that philosophy, you have to basically shatter those pains and drop back down through that Mm -hmm. so that you can look at it honestly. And anything that's above that, that that sheet of glass is, you know, keeping you from, then 
you're not going to be able to get a true perspective on that as long as you have that belief system. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, those thoughts were, in a sense, eating me from the inside. Right. And it can constantly put you at battle with things when your belief system is is not in agreement with the way things are in reality. And we see that all the time where people are just like so angry at their fellow man for having a different opinion than themselves. And it's, it just goes back to there's some belief that they have that they're clinging to that's keeping them from being free. There's definitely a cognitive dissonance. When I say the war is over, I mean the internal war that I've been fighting for my soul. I realized I was the only one that could end this war and love won and gay peace was born. Yay. So the war is over and the rest of my life is just a celebration. And I guess for me, you know, besides fighting with my brother... <laughs> I think my first conscious battle was the one that I had about my sexuality. And I, I didn't want to be gay. And Nobody the, did in those days. <laughs> I mean, you are. Exactly. And, you know, the, the fact that I had this attraction and so, my physical chemistry towards male that, you know, that just couldn't deny. Um, it, it just, when I looked for my church for hope and for help in that, it just didn't offer any assistance in that. Basically, it made me feel further away from any type of comfort that I could look for, but there was nothing resource-wise for me. And instead, it just it, it justified my parents disowning me and casting me out and just you know leaving me out there on my own. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was really difficult for me, especially later when I needed to basically fill that gap that was that I had going on and and that was something that I believe you know spiritual practices assist with if you find that in religion that's amazing but you know that wasn't my story and that's what I have to go with but you know that daily battle that we talk about at school was unbearable mm-hmm. and School's I always tough. yeah I was always expecting to be beaten up and and I was always afraid that I'd be killed and I I was picked on I remember people following me in the mall wanting to kick my ass and having to go to security to ha- be walked out. Um, I took a whiskey bottle to the back of the head just walking down the street. Um, and, and you know, someone yelling out the screen, you know, and screaming faggot as they, they drove by. And it was just difficult. And, I mean, these, these types of battles were very obvious. You know, I mean, that was very obvious. And I, I learned to suppress so much and to try to hide so much that I carried this homophobia into my life even after I accepted the fact that I was gay I was afraid to be around it Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to make myself paint a big bullseye on my back with it you know I mean that was that was really difficult yeah and you're dealing with that all by yourself and it's there's no way to not internalize that because you can't express it to anyone else you're just holding on to it yeah and as with my personal story aside from being gay you know my brother passed when I was you know when I was young back in 76, and my mother went into a mental care facility over that, and then when she came home, she was constantly, you know, she would just stare at his picture and cry for days, and she wasn't there emotionally and mentally for at least the next six to 12 months at all, and I always, you know, it instilled this thing that I wasn't good enough, that, you know, she would have rather him still be there than me, you know, Mm -hmm. and those were things that I, I, that were just kind of pushed into me that no one intended for. It wasn't anything that anybody did in purpose. And I understand now she was just grieving. I mean, you know, it was just a process she was going through, but when you're young like that, you don't, 
you don't know the flip side. You don't know the rationale. You don't understand those things. You just know what you need. And if it's not there, you. Yeah, sure. And, you know, I did not know your mom and you then, but I did meet Paul's mom before she passed uh, quite a few times. And I can assure you, Paul, that, you know, the way she looked at you, she loved you deeply. Well, thank you. I, I, I do know that. And yeah. I still feel that. At I can time, still feel my mother. At the time that your brother passed, uh, I think, you know, those emotions were fresh and everything. But um, it looks like, it sounds like you were able to move past that. Well, yes. And I mean, there was also additional, right? I mean, when we're talking about the internal turmoil and fighting that we did, I was always trying to fix everything so that there was no stress on my mother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had an older brother and a younger sister, and I was always trying to keep their stuff clean. You know, and if, if my brother didn't do his chores, I was going behind him trying to take care of them so that it didn't fall over on my mother because she would get, you know, upset. And I was afraid if she got upset, she would go back in the hospital. And, you know, that did happen from time to time that she would go back in the hospital. But I always felt like when that happened, there was something that I didn't do or I could have done or, you know, and it was this big thing that just got pushed into me over that. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, there was that. But what I found for me was the true freedom in my life that I've ever had was when I realized that I lived in this chain reaction of what's happening to me, the stimulus of the scenario, and I was attempting to push my control over those things. And it's exhausting because you're in a constant fight mode mm -hmm. and there's no downtime. And, and it started when the alarm would go off, I would be like, Oh crap. You know, I mean like just waking up to a new day was an already a stressor for me. And there was never a time when I felt like I could unplug from that. And that's no way to live. That's, that's just horrible. And I, I have to say that it is a pleasure to be able to just be able to be content and sit in a chair and just be okay right now. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, it, it's, it's such a foreign thing from anything I ever knew when I was growing up or even in my younger youth, you know? Yeah. I just, and I think that's because your, your spirituality is what is doing that for you. And, you know, I believe that as a religious person, I was doing whatever seemingly everyone told me to do, no matter what was right. But as a spiritual person, now the way I look at it is I do what's right no matter what anyone says. That, right. that was my growth experience. And, you know, we didn't have that mentality when we were kids, but we do now. So, And I believe, you know, we, if we search for it and we try to light a fire under it, there is a spiritual light inside of all of us that lets us know what is and is not, you know, the correct path for us. Mm -hmm. And whenever we can follow that and let that shine and be our true selves, we don't have to keep fighting to make everything the way we think it's going to be. Because quite honestly, some of the things that I would have not have chosen and that seemingly at the time were the worst things that ever happened in my life, opened doors and pathways for me that changed the rest of my life, built my character and brought me to where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So I would have to say that I don't always know what's best for me. I mean, we can look back to like, you know, my active addiction, right? I didn't know what was best for me. Mm -hmm. I was trying to put a handle on everything and fix it. And it just was not the way it should have been. And the best thing for me is just to try and be at chill and at peace with today, now, and, 
be in that flow. And one other thing I want to say is, you know, if I need to cross a rapid running river, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I need to go straight across to the other side, it might be worth it to walk upstream a little bit and then try to swim across and just let the current carry me instead of trying to fight the current the whole way too. So I guess what I'm saying is if I can see where things are going and, and make sure that I can work with that as right. opposed to fighting every aspect of the way through it, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have a let, better experience. Let it flow, so to speak. So yes, to speak. just let yeah. it flow. Well, that was, that was a good analogy. Thank you. So it looks like we're done for today, and we just want to say thank you for listening to Gay Peace Journeys podcast. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Gay Peace Journeys podcast. Now it's your turn to spread the peace. Please take a moment to share our link with anyone that might benefit from listening. Don't forget to like and follow us for more gay peace. We hope you'll continue your gay peace journey with plenty of free self-care content on gaypeace.com.